the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're in Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to go through verses 5 through 7. 7 is where I'll probably camp, but these verses all intertwined from the beginning of that chapter all the way through. And as I explained to you before when we talked last time, Paul, at this point, is giving you wisdom through the Spirit of God. Paul is giving you insight on how to renew, how to literally live this life out. How to make it real experientially. Where to put your focus. How to express this life on a daily basis. How to renew it in your soul. The mind, the will, and the emotions. He's giving you some fundamental instructions. And he says, first of all, make it your determined purpose to know Him. Make that your purpose for living, to know Him as a Christian. He's not talking about the lost. The lost need to know Him first and foremost as Savior, as Lord. But when he goes beyond that, he's saying, I want you to know Him in union, to know Him in relationship, to know Him in the walk of life, to know Him in living, the heartbeat of step-by-step, moment-by-moment living. This is where we as Christians live to the truth of who we are. Otherwise, we get fire insurance and we go through life stumbling and falling and flailing about hoping that God will somehow rescue us so that we can get up and act like we've got it together at some point. And so many Christians live in defeat just hoping for the great Christian someday when all of this begins to make sense. Just hoping for a realization or a great revival that will one day shock them, literally push them into truth. But we have the truth. Jesus said, I am the way. You want to know how to live this life? It's Jesus. I am the truth. We need seek no further. It's all in Him. And I am the life for you, Christian. Your life. I am all that life requires. I am the fullness of life. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. 
Philippians chapter 4 verses 5 through 7 says, Let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, your forbearing spirit. The Lord is near. He is coming soon. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so, fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. As I said before, all of these verses are predicated one upon the other. And what he's saying in verse 5, Paul says, let all men recognize this character, this unselfishness, this considerateness, this forbearing spirit. In other words, let all men see the Spirit of God in you. Let them see Jesus. Let them know, as I pointed out, Many translators have taken this to the coming of the Lord. But in the context of the verse, the Greek could easily be read that the Lord is near talking about His current presence among you. And that's what He's saying. That they may know and that you may know through your life's expression that God is not just up in heaven somewhere. That He's not off somewhere and we're waiting for Him to get here. That we have to pray His presence in. But by exercising the truth through your soul, by being in sync with the truth within you, they see Jesus. Because you know what? The expression of the Christian life is just that. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing in John. That means that any fruit that is expressed through your life, any fruit of such as the ones he just mentioned, are the fruit of the Spirit of God being expressed through you, a branch that is yielded unto him. He says, yield to the Lord. Let the character of Christ be seen in you, is what he is saying. Let the character of Christ make it clear to the people around them that the Lord is near. Now listen guys, this is a very real aspect of who you are and a very real aspect of the ministry of Christ in you. I'm going to tell you something. Do you know why the tribulation is the tribulation? You know why the tribulation is the tribulation? Well, do you know that at the time of the tribulation... God is going to literally lift His Spirit from the earth. Do you know how the Spirit of God dwells here now? You, Christian. You. The Spirit of God is among us because He's within you. That's why He says, Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, that the presence, the collective presence of the Spirit of God may be seen, known, felt, and manifested. Because it is our nurture. Now, that being said, whatsoever things that are good and right and moral and balanced in this world are there and are so because the presence of the Lord through the Spirit of God holds them in place.
When the Spirit of God is lifted, man will, will revert to what man is without God completely. And that's basically an animal. A selfish, self-centered animal who's all about themselves. That's what man is without God. And that's what's going to happen when the Spirit of God is lifted. Now, why did I bring you there? I brought you there because I want you to understand what effect the Spirit of God has in you. That you, with the Spirit of God within you, is ministering 24-7, the presence of God. That you make a difference when you yield. But here's the thing that Paul's pointing out to you. That as the Spirit of God is as manifested through you, it is an affirmation, it is a witness, it is a work of God to the people around you that you may not even know about. He probably can't let you in on it, you'd get the big head. That's true. You know, we're going to have a lot more crowns than we know anything about. Because when we get up there, God will let us in on all that He did. But He can't do it down here. We'd be so proud, nobody could stand us. The reality of this is that the Spirit of God is always ministering. And He says, allow that ministry to make the marked presence of the Lord clear. And as you do that, you will affirm the truth within you. Remember the context we're talking about here. He is talking about telling the Philippian Christians what they need to do to appropriate the truth that they have within them. That's what he's talking about. Rejoice! What is that? It's an affirmation of testimony. It's entering into the truth of who you are. It is telling God that you believe that He is who He says He is. Again I say, rejoice! It is living life out in the truth of of the Scripture saying, This is my God and this is who He is and He is my provision and He is my strength and I will not allow my emotions or my circumstances to tell me who my God is. I will rejoice in Him. All of these verses, as we go down the line, are about expressions of the truth within you through the soul. It is Paul's wish for the Philippians that their lives manifest the truth of Christ who is within them. This is not so they get close to God. This is so they experience the union they have with Him already. Big difference, isn't it? Now let's see, how how is that going to be noticeable to the world? How is the world going to see the the, uh, contrast that the Lord is there? It's it's the contrast that we shed to the world. Remember what I told you what the world was apart from the Spirit? Contrast, that, that, that stark contrast to the flesh of man. Apart from God, man is totally selfish. So when you have somebody who is truly expressing genuine love, when you have somebody truly expressing uprightness, when you have somebody truly expressing the character of God, what you have is God manifesting Himself through that individual. That's what you have. All glory and praise to God. Now, as Christians, we are to be Christ-centered. That's what Paul's saying. We're not to be man-centered. That's how this contrast will be evident. Another way it will be evident is the absence of anxiety and worry by bringing every circumstance into context of your union with Christ. What do you mean by that? I mean, remember me speaking about the truth and a truth? When I bring 
every circumstance and every situation of my life into the context of my life in Christ. I can start out with a truth that says, I don't have a job. But the truth is that my God provides all my needs. A truth is that the world is threatening. The truth is that my God is my security and my protection. A truth is that I don't feel loved, I feel rejected. The truth is my God never rejects me and He is love. You see, we, when we put life into the context of who He is, then we can stand in the face of the changing circumstances and troubles of this world, bringing everything back into truth. And He says, cast your anxieties upon the Lord. Do not be anxious for anything. Do not allow these things to be your focus. Do not allow these things to be the be-all, end-all of your mental focus. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition. This is walking in union with Him. This is the act of bringing everything before Him. This is recognizing by faith that He's got it all. This is day-to-day living. It's not you. It can be you, but it's not necessarily you getting in the prayer closet with a long list. What this is, is you taking step by step, saying, you know what, my life is not in the hands of this world, it's in His hands. And as each thing presents itself, it is the opportunity for me to see God. I don't care what it is. I haven't had to experience all the harshness and very little harshness of this world. But I don't have to experience it all because I've learned in what little I have experienced, there's only one answer for the most difficult of circumstances. It's Jesus. There's only one place of rest. There's only one place of hope. It's Jesus. So those anxieties and those fears and those problems come to me. I know where they need to go immediately I need to usher them into the presence of the Lord. And it doesn't, require, it doesn't require me to find a nice, quiet place where I can get on my knees, though that's nice if you got it. It requires me mentally, purposely, determinedly giving it to Him and saying, Father, You are my life. I cannot stand in the presence of this circumstance apart from You. I yield my life and this to you. How long does that really take? Now, if you really think about it, you say, well, that seems like a lot. Well, you really think about it. What kind of mental gymnastics do you go through when you encounter a problem? Now, if you're a thinker, you know, you go through a thousand of them in a minute. If you're a thinker, you're already, your wife starts telling you a problem, and before she gets to the end of the sentence, you've already fixed six different ways to approach it. And you want to go ahead and march them all out in front of her. And if none of those work, it will drive you nuts because you're going to keep working on it. If you're a feeler, then what you're going to do is you're going to try to generate some excitement about the problem and find a happy side of it. And if you're a doer, you're just going to push her out of the way and go take care of it. But the reality in any one of those things, there's a far greater effort involved in them than to stop and say, you know what, Father, you are my life. And I'm going to lay it at your feet. 
And I'll take one step at a time recognizing that I have a God in this. I'm not going to take it on by myself. I wasn't equipped for it. You see, problems and difficulties have the purpose of bringing forth the revelation of our dependence upon Him. Living out of your relationship with the Lord through an interaction, active interaction in prayer, is simply communion with Him, participating in His life. And then we need to continue to recognize with thanksgiving His presence, His love, His sovereignty in all things. And what does that result in? We get to verse 7. And God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Look again at the progression. Verse 5, let all men see, live it out through the Spirit of God, recognize the nearness and the presence of God. Verse 6, don't focus on the problems, on yourself, put your focus on Jesus, don't be anxious for anything, share everything with Him, and live in the relationship you have through prayer. And then finally, be thankful that He is working all things, Romans 8.28, in every circumstance. Then you will be able to know the peace of God. That is God's peace. In the Hebrew, it's literally saying the shalom of God. The very presence of God. Now first, I want, I want you to know that the Greek word there, this is interesting, the Greek word there for peace means to join together what is broken. It means to set at one again, having it all together. Now the first thing I want you to see is the source of peace. It's God. Now, I want you to understand something about the source of peace. Peace is God and God's presence. It is not necessarily an emotion. Peace is something that you cannot have and the world does not have apart from God. Now, the world defines peace, but it defines it by an emotional feeling based on circumstance. But that is not the peace of God. Because that peace is understandable, is it not? That peace we can readily explain. The man who won the lottery has a great sense of peace today. Until all the relatives get in touch with him. We can explain that. Secondly, understand that there is really no peace anywhere apart from Him. Anything else is an illusion. It's based on an emotional state. Peace is what man was made for. Peace is what God made us for. Peace is the actual presence of God. Now listen, there's a distinction in this verse that I want you to catch. Paul is talking about, in verse 7, he's talking about peace in your soul. Now, peace in your spirit is something different. If you're a child of God, you have union with God Himself within your spirit. The Spirit of God is in union with you. And the peace of God resides there. 
you can't lose it. What threatens your peace will never, ever, ever threaten your union. Does everybody understand that? You cannot lose the peace of God in your spirit. Its presence is always there. You notice that Paul sets conditions for the peace in the soul. You see, while we receive the Lord Jesus, we receive the Spirit of God within our spirit, we are become a new creation in Christ, and His Spirit is in union with us when we become a Christian, and that is not changeable, that never changes, the soul is different. The soul, get this, the soul is actually the place of faith. Everything that is appropriated in the soul is appropriated by faith. The soul is where we experientially live out the truth. But how do we do this? Faith. Why is that? Because the soul does not necessarily, the mind, will, and emotion does not necessarily feel 24-7 like God's here, does it? Does it? It's the place of faith because it's where we appropriate the truth of God. This peace that God is talking about is that tranquil state of what? Of a soul who, assured of its salvation through Christ in the Spirit, and so fearing nothing from God, they have no reason to fear God's condemnation or judgment, and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is that peace which transcends all understanding peace is what man was made for peace is what we were what the soul was actually made to contain but the bottom line is we must choose we have the peace of god but you cannot know the peace of god till you know the god of peace Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we are justified... Who's he talking about? You, Christian. Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared, righteous, and given a right standing with God, through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. He's saying, it is so, it is true, this is who you are, you are rightly related before the Lord, you are righteous, you have been made right with Him, you are no longer estranged from Him, you are His child, this is so. So, because it is so, grasp it. Well, wait a minute. Are you saying if I don't grasp it, if I don't own it, it's not so? No. I'm saying, Paul is saying, if you do not grasp it, you won't live in it. It won't be experientially yours. Do you understand that? It is by necessity for the soul. He is saying you must grasp it. You must own it. You must believe. You must hold to it. You must walk in it. You must renew yourself in it. It's got to be the truth of how you live so that you may know it experientially. This is how we know the peace of God. 
we have been made right with God, we, are, we will never know His rejection or His separation. We will never be separated from Him. In that place of union with our spirit and His spirit, there is peace. There is no need for fear. Paul says, grasp to the fact, own it. Therefore, we have peace with God. Now, Philippians 4, seven speaks of the peace of God. And where is that peace to be experienced? In the soul. In the soul, the verse says, the heart and the mind, which is to say the whole of the inner man. That's what he's talking about, the mind, will, and emotion. Peace is trusting in God with your whole heart, your whole being, believing, yielding, depending on God alone. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4 says, You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you. How does it stay? Who makes it stay? Who puts it there? You have to put it there, and then He will keep you in peace if your focus is Jesus. That's the bottom line. What Isaiah is talking about, and I'll finish the verse for you, it says, as long as it stayed on you, because He commits Himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life, moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.